0: all right all right all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another very special and informative episode of speak to the mic the podcast show i am marlon joseph um we are here to talk about the many issues that are plaguing our black communities uh, creating content, providing information that can help our Black communities and acknowledging and recognizing those Black men and women as heroes in the local community as it pertains to what they're doing to immediate, immediately impact the Black community and be role models uh, in their own right. Um, before I go any further, I want to make sure I put this disclaimer on this episode as well that in no way are any of the members uh, on this, uh, any members on this panel are representatives or spokeswomen of their sororities, but they are mere members and and very proud members of their organization, speaking from their perspective as it pertains to the many issues that we are dealing with in our Black communities. And um, we're just giving our perspectives on it. And so for that, I really do greatly appreciate you all for being on the show. So without further ado, let me go into the divine order of which each organization has been founded. Um, we are a short one member uh, who actually has some um, other obligations to have to attend to, so can't make this particular episode this moment, but we'll keep the show rolling. Um, start off with Ashley Woods, who's a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Ashley Granberry, who's a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And Micaiah Shelton, a.k.a. Nikki, who's a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Ladies, thank you all for being on the show uh, i'm glad that you all are uh, were able to make it and i'm hoping that you guys are staying safe and uh, sanitized as we get closer and closer to that to that uh to that finish line when it comes to you know handling this pandemic and um definitely hope you and your families to, uh, continually to stay safe uh, really appreciate you all for being on the show um so let's get right to it um i want to start with asking this question in regards to the level of impact that we've actually felt personally when it comes to seeing representation primarily in the vice presidency uh, seat with Kamala Harris being sworn in, has uh, definitely set huge precedents for women and for Black women and, and just minority women in general when it comes to that. So Ashley Woods, I want to start with you on this question. Uh, how much impact has your organization been on you when it comes to your leadership skills as it pertains to applying it to your profession?
1: Okay, uh, great question. Um, like I said, I've been a proud member of Kappa Alpha for now 15 years, so it's been crazy, but it's been a long time, and to see um, my soror as the vice president of the United States is, is an amazing feeling, but like you said, it, it also set the precedent for just representation, not only in my organization, but for little br- black and brown girls, women, you know, it just gave us a sense of empowerment. It gave us just confirmation of what we knew we already could do. And I think this is the first of many. So um, I think me personally, my organization has given me a lot of leadership skills starting out you know, from undergraduate, um, being able to hold the office of bachelors in my undergraduate chapter, giving me those leadership skills to be able to speak out, to be able to you know stand bold in my efforts, to speak out for My organization, on behalf of the MPHC, and um, like I said, on my organ on my campus, and just giving me those skills the skill sets to those public speaking skills. This, the, the motivation to know what I
0: think. I think she's breaking up.
1: So I conduct business
0: in my career. So Okay. Can you repeat that last part? Because the last part you kind of went out uh, with the, uh, the connection. The last part in regards to uh, just your leadership skills in terms of how you've been able to uh, be that leader, you know, even in your respective organization.
1: Right. right. I'm sorry. My internet is probably not the best. But yeah, like I said, um, being able to transfer those skills that I learned within undergrad, within holding the office within our chapter, being able to transfer those skills, you know, 15, 10, 15 years later in my professional career, I contribute, you know, being able to do that by, um, you know, becoming a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha and becoming active in my chapter and learning those skills early on.
0: Okay. And I greatly appreciate that too, because uh, the fact that we, have seen role models in, in our respective organizations kind of set the trend for us to kind of follow suit with what they've been doing and be able to uh, being able to, you know, create our own footsteps within the footsteps that's been let that's been set before us. Right. So, uh, I do, I do appreciate you for, you know, bringing that part up Ashley, uh, Granberry for you to see, that Kamala Harris has been on record for definitely um, uh, accrediting her organization, Alpha Kappa Alpha 2, the very leadership skills that she has, you know, obviously uh, grown to adapt and learn uh, and, and being able to apply those leadership skills in her profession as it pertains to being the vice president and being sworn in. How, how much of an impact for you as your organization, been when it comes to your leadership skills as you learn in the organization and being able to apply it to your profession?
2: Uh, Well, first and foremost, um, I think the biggest thing that I have gotten that I've received from being a Delta or um, being a part of the organization is organization in itself. Um, Many times when you go into a career or you go into a certain type of field, you have all of these ideas and all of these things that come trickling and pouring out of you that you want to uh, see and follow through, and all of those things, but you may not necessarily have the organizational skills in order to make those things come into fruition. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we go to college, you know, you have different courses and things of that nature, but they don't necessarily equip you with the organizational skills that you will need in order to complete certain tasks or uh, programs, initiatives, and things like that. And having worked in education for now 12 years. Um, the biggest thing is organization, um, you know, I don't just hold one position, um, I, I have two jobs in education, and um, my second job, I have a lot more autonomy with the type of things that I want to do, but in order for me able to to be able to do those things, I have to apply a lot of organizational skills, and it wasn't something that I had prior to becoming a Delta, um, I was just, you know, bursting like unorganized first and with those things it can make you very um exhausted um, sometimes you feel like there's no end in sight. And um, Delta was able to give me that, um, you know, starting with the end in mind, knowing what you want to do. Why is this important to you and what is it going to do for the the greater good? So uh, joining Delta definitely uh, gave me that type of perspective when it comes to anything with my career or anything um in general, nowadays, uh, even in your personal life, yeah. um, you have to hone things in and be quite organized, organized, or else you'll be lost. Yeah. Um, you'll be, you know, just burning the candle at both ends. And um, if it's anything that deltas can do, it's organized.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. If it's
2: anything Absolutely. that deltas can do, they can organize. So that's the biggest uh, takeaway that I've gotten when it comes down to. Taking what I've gotten as a member and applying it to my professional uh, realm of life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? For organizational skills purposes, right? So that that is a paramount of importance that we all have that, regardless of what organization you're in, having organizational skills and, and being able to apply in your everyday life as well as your profession does help you go a long way, and it does put you in a in a position ultimately to where you are a leader in, in that particular respective uh, occupation and profession, and so. I do appreciate you for for sharing that and uh, and, and touching bases on that, uh, Nikki. For you, as a Zeta woman, what what way has your organization impacted you from a leadership skills perspective when it comes to applying that leadership skills to your organization? Well, being a Zeta
4: has definitely impacted me in many ways. As far as my leadership skills, it definitely enhanced in in ways I couldn't even imagine. Um, One of the reasons I joined the organization was because of the principles of scholarship service sisterhood and being a final woman. So when I saw that that aligned with who I was and who I wanted to continue to progress to be, it fell right in place. So when you tie back to the impact of um, VP Kamala Harris, that just opened the door, it set the president, it was a true example of black girl magic, and it just let all the brown girls, brown and black girls know that, you know, there too is a space for us, wherever we want to go, whatever we want to do, we can do it. I also agree with um, Granberry in regards to organization. It's, it's everything. Another key component of that in leadership is time management. There's always a priority and you you get one priority lined up and there's another one. And unfortunately, unfortunately there's al- always more task than time. Yep. Um, I actually sat in a leadership class not too long ago. And do you know, they had the nerve to say that there's no such thing as time management. And I thought back on how many trainings I've actually led through three of my position over my careers, where I taught my coworkers and team members yep. on time management. You know, to me, time management is everything because it's a true example of being all over the place. If you don't have that organization and if you can't put a time and a place with everything, you will be all over. So again, Zeta is, is everything to me. Um, like I said, it definitely enhanced my leadership skills and opened a platform for me to help others. Um, that's that community service and just getting out there and just showing everybody what we're about and how to do it and bring it in as a home to community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and to expound a little bit on time management, right, time management consists strongly of deadlines and every task that you have has a deadline. Now, whether or not you meet that deadline or prior to getting close to that deadline, now you're extending that deadline or at least having that that leadership uh, uh, meeting or that, that team meeting with your team members regarding the deadline those different things have to be had and, and those discussions have to be had in order for you to not be chaotically all over the place versus, okay, this is the day we're going to finish this versus, all right, there is a unlimited, there is no timeable into when this task can be done. Right. But then that's being able to decipher the long-term and short-term goals that need to be accomplished and executed in that moment versus those things that have those, that's much more of a pressing issue that needs to be done immediately. And so the, the expert being expeditiously about those particular tasks that that's important and for somebody to say time management is not important clearly knows a thing or two about a chaotic environment where they they oftentimes just they rarely get any damn sleep when it comes to something like that and no one can really a human being can't fully function like that without being burnt out, you know what I mean? So those types of things have to be had. You have to be able to prioritize what's an immediate need versus things that can actually be handled later on. And so mm-hmm. all those things group together when it comes to organizational skills uh, and leadership skills for that perspective too, because in order to in order to lead, you have to first follow. And if you don't have following skills, then you're not going to have leadership skills. So I mean, the two are, are synonymous, whether people want to believe it or not. And so I do appreciate you for sharing that. Uh, Ashley, for you, with Kamala Harris becoming the first Black woman and the first woman to be elected in the vice presidency seat, just talk a little bit about how what what that means to you personally, and what you think what how you think it means when it comes to seeing young Black men, young Black women, be able to look on TV and say that's somebody that looks like me, or that's a that's a dream of mine now to become vice president, or even go a step further, become the president, and now understanding that that is now possible, what what does it actually mean to you?
1: Um, I think her representation means everything and not mm-hmm. only speaking for my organization, I think for is black women as a whole, black and brown girls as a whole growing up, we need to see it in order to actually believe it. Yep. And not saying that anything, the sky has always been the limit, but to see it, it, it makes a world of difference. So to me, representation is everything she represents all of us she represents the black woman and the black woman is very very powerful and i think now she she's just given us she's she's opened the door and we're gonna keep going through that door and um, i'm so grateful for that because like i said we're raising children to be more ambitious to go after your dreams you're not you're not, you know, bound by constraints of the world or what you, you, you're not, you don't have these limitations anymore. She has set the precedent to know that we are capable of achieving things that they said we couldn't achieve. Yep. So I, I really, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm just glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to witness it and I'm glad to be able to raise a, a, a young daughter to yeah. be able to, you know, under those constraints, to know that, hey, you can do this, and I'm not just saying that just because it sounds good. It is. It's really possible. Absolutely. And so I'm. I'm. I'm truly grateful for that.
0: Yeah, and even being a father to a daughter, you know, I. I, I definitely took the time to watch that inauguration and watch her be sworn in. it it, it set precedence for me personally to see my daughter look at her and I'm teaching my daughter that you can do anything you want in life don't ever let any man or other woman to tell you that you can't do anything there is no limit to your potential you you, only you can limit yourself right so understand and and I've always lived by this logic too that this is a man's world but a woman's universe And, and there there's no limit to a woman's capabilities and potential when it comes to even being leaders. And and even from this standpoint, with her being the most powerful woman in the world and the second most powerful seat in the world means a lot, too, because it it does show that America is a day late in dollar short when it comes to women in leadership roles, because other countries have prime ministers and presidents who are women and running the countries quite well, actually. And so those types of things don't get talked about enough, and it needs to be highlighted and respected in, in, in that way, because It talks about just how professional and how great women are in these in these leadership positions. And so I do appreciate you for sharing that. Um, Ashley Granberry, for you, just women, black women, preferably in politics. What does it mean to have seen this black woman or this woman become the first woman as the vice president when it comes to setting that precedence? Knowing that the the very people that came before her set it for her to be in this opportune time and, and, and moment. What does it mean for you that to see her or, or, or a woman and a black woman being sworn in this position?
2: Oh, well, you know, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we talked about it and uh, to piggyback off of what Ashley Wood says is, is because of Kamala Harris now in this country, there is no ceiling. There is no ceiling at all. Um, and then for me, she represents so much she represents the auntie because that's what I am I'm the auntie I don't you know I haven't been you know blessed in the the husband and the marriage and the, the children category yet I'm don't, hoping
0: don't, it, right don't mean you won't I'm hoping it
2: happens but yeah. if, it, if it doesn't you know I'm okay with it I've been an aunt since I was five um so I have a lot of nieces and, and they're near and dear to my heart so to me she represents the aunt and then you know some things that where we don't even highlight enough is she represents the bonus mom, you know, not to say the stepmom. She represents the bonus mom, and um, you know, just being able to create a life that you design. Um, she, you know, she is a classic representation of what if everyone embraced feminism, what would actually happen? And like you talked about other countries who have women who are leading the charge. There are you we talked about this before. Um, the prime minister of New Zealand, she's a woman, and New Zealand, you know, they got a handle on COVID from the jump. So that makes you think about: Had things have went a little bit differently? Had Hillary Clinton chosen someone to run with her that was a, a, a former opponent, like Joe Biden took that black woman that was a former opponent of he and actually got the job done. But had Hillary took a different approach, would we haven't, we have even been in this mess of the pandemic? Because it's so much that people don't lay at the foot. Of 45, that is actually his fault. That Absolutely this why this has you know taken place across the world, and even just the idea again going back to the idea of feminism. And I bet you if you ask your wife, she knows how to pronounce this African uh writer's name. And I, I read her works all the time, but I still haven't ever been able to pronounce um her name, but I know the last name is DJ and she has a quote, and I'm gonna read it. It's about feminism. It says, we teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you would threaten the man. Because I am female, I am expected to aspire to marriage. I'm expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. Now, marriage can be a source of joy and love and mutual support, but why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or accomplishments, which I think can be a good thing, but for the attention of men we teach girls that they cannot be that they cannot be sexual things in the way the boys are and Kamala refutes all of that that BS you know she refutes all of that because she is a walking embodiment that there is no stealing you can do whatever you want and you can create the life that you want and she is a walking embodiment of that and that's what she represents to me. The day that Um, It's two things that I can always remember when it comes down to uh, presidential elections. Um, Lord rest the soul, my father, um, I remember the day that Barack Obama was elected president. And it was was only a few times in my life that I remember my father shedding a tear and he shed a tear. And I asked him, I said, did you think that you would ever see that happen? And he said, no, I didn't think I would live to see that happen. He said, I thought I'd be on the other side of glory before I saw that happen. And then the day that uh, Joe and Kamala one. I was in the, you know, after I'd been in this house running around shouting for a while, I went shopping for furniture and I had my Delta mask on and the guy that was selling the furniture asked, um, how do you feel uh, since she's not a member of your organization? I was like, she is, she is a black woman. I don't care what organization she, she is a Absolutely. part of. She is a black woman and I am proud and I stand behind her and and uh, it's n- she can she can do no wrong in my eyes at this moment. So I could care less what color she's repping. She's repping the melanin and that's all it, that matters. So Kamala represents so much for me, but mostly it's, it's, she's a walking embodiment that there is no ceiling and yep. you can create whatever life it is that you want.
0: Yep, and you know, and to that point, that, that quote that you just read is a thousand percent true, right? There was not no was not one lie told in that quote that you just that you just read. And uh, for me, I will say this, you know, it's, it's interesting enough to see these misogynistic, sexist jackasses be on these news channels talking about, oh, anytime they have nothing to say about a black woman or a woman in general in politics. The first thing they say is she's too ambitious. What the hell does that even fucking mean? Like that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Like what you want somebody to be half ass ambitious. You're talking about someone who is going to be basically designated in this particular political position. You need them to be ambitious. You need them to want to get the damn job done expeditiously. Right. And so I do appreciate Biden handing over the the whole the whole idea of fixing the, the, the whole border situation having uh, Kamala deal with that on, on her own. And obviously she's gonna leave it to the people who are experts in this area and she's just gonna oversee them doing their jobs, right? So it's not, it's not gonna be kids, you know, separated from their parents uh, versus what happened, you know, in, in the past few years that we've seen how these kids and how the parents were being handled and, and being mistreated and things like that in those concentration camps and, and, and you know, in those cages. The fact that Kamala Harris has much more decency and, huma- and humanity to her is going to actually show when, when when it's all said and done, right? And so I do want to make sure that we also are very mindful of the fact that her and Biden just got in the damn office uh, just a couple of months ago.
2: But so, they've been getting the job done. They have.
0: They you know, have been moving. simple,
2: yep. simple goals that he set, the $100 million with the I just got my second vaccine on Friday. I got my second vaccine on Friday.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get mine too. And the fact that he, he exceeded the expectation of having 100 million people vaccinated in his first 100 days, he did that in 48 days, I think. And so now he's he's putting a new plan in place to get 100 million more vaccinated within the last few days of those, I think this is the last 50 or so days within that 100-day span, so he can at least have 200 million people or close to that number when it comes to that. And, and and Kamala's been out here working hard to make sure that that happens as well. And I appreciate her her advocacy for that and, um, and just her work in general so far. Uh, Nikki, for you um, to see this Black woman sworn in, just the symbolic gesture that it stood for, right? So what, what does it mean for you to, or just in general, What does it mean for you as far as the the precedence that was set, seeing her sworn in as the most powerful woman in the world, and just what it meant as far as, you know, women or Black women, preferably in politics?
4: So there's an upside and a downside to going last. Yeah. Upside is you get, you know, time to think about what you're going to say, and then the downside is everybody says what you want (laughs) to (laughs) say. So on top of everything that you all have said, I would say and add that it definitely was everything. I think for me, the most impactful moment in her process of being sworn in is when my granddaughter stepped in the room and pointed to the TV and was like, she looks like me. I can do that one day. And I'm like, you can do whatever you want. And I heard you all say, "You know, there's no ceiling, the sky's the limit. But even when I think about the sky, it makes me think about the um, African American female astronaut,
0: um, Jamison. Yep, Mae Jamison. Yep. What was guy? Yep, you you reach for the stars and you end up on a cloud. You're still on cloud nine. You know what I mean? So exactly those types of things. There is definitely to see that you, you once thought something was impossible. Now it's it's more possible than it's ever been. And that is something that young black girls can look forward to now and saying, I, I can literally do anything mm-hmm. I want. There are no boundaries to what I can do. And more of those barriers are being broken every single day when you see more and more black women and more women in general advocating for each other and, and breaking those sexist and misogynistic barriers every single day. So I do appreciate you saying that and, and the fact that she's been you know living that since she's been in office. Uh, mm-hmm. Wood, Ms. Woods for you, Uh and these are more this is a more more personal uh question when it comes to your organization. What community service uh initiative resonates with you the most about your organization?
1: Um one thing that Alpha Cup Alpha has always stressed, one of our, you know, our main uh goals since always been the well-being of the of the woman woman well-being, making sure, you know, our health is intact, whether it be, you know, one of our big initiatives is uh, breast cancer awareness, Um, mental well-being, something that's not talked about a lot in the Black community. I think it's being, it's more of of an open dialogue now, more so than even when I was an undergrad. So that's one thing that I'm, I'm happy to see a lot of the, the, um, uh, undergrads, um, they're taking on that initiative a little more. Our, our focus was main to, main, mainly so, excuse me, um, breast cancer awareness, which is very, you know, common in African American women. And I think just raising awareness for early detection and things like that was one of the things that we pushed. But I just think overall, the, just the well being of the woman, because we take on so much, Absolutely. and I, I think we do it without without thinking. You know, it's just second nature to us. But we get tired. We get tired. Yep. We need help, even though we feel like, and you know, God made us strong. They He made us from a cloth that is that is definitely different. Yep. But. We also still get tired. So, I think that, you know, that initiative just taking on the, the mental health aspect, just making sure that that's something that's talked about because it's, it's something that has been swept under the rug so much yeah. in the African American community. And I think that um, I'm just very grateful that that's been brought to light and it's being not forced to be talked about, but it's an open conversation is being had for that. And it's making people more comfortable to talk about it and not feel ashamed because it's nothing to feel ashamed about.
3: Yep. Yeah. All-
1: so I just think, yeah, yeah. Personally, I think that, that those are great initiatives. I think breast cancer will always be, you know, one that is that drives home. You know, you have a lot of different breast cancer initiatives, but I just really appreciate the mental health aspect that has been you know, really brought to light and being made uh, a little more public and making people a little more comfortable because it's a conversation that has, like I said, has been swept under the rug and needs to be talked about.
0: Yep, absolutely. And you know what, to quote one of the most famous quotes that's being used in regards to mental health is, is, it's okay to not be okay right? Understand you could, you're going to have rough days in, in the world. You're going to have rough moments in your life that you go through. And it's okay to, to to go through those things, right? But not let it just sink in so much to where you're sitting in that and, and you and you remain in that. Uh, a, a bouncing ball. When you bounce a ball, it hits, it, it goes and hit the ground and it comes back up too. You know, in order to get knocked down, you got to get up. You know what I mean? So those types of things resonate me w- with me personally when it comes to mental health. And I do like the fact that it's being being brought to the forefront a lot more now. And, uh, and I, I, just, I really do hope that it's not no, necessarily a trend, but more so a movement when it comes to being able to express exactly what we're going through on an everyday basis. Because again, as black people, we're walking PTSD. You know what I mean? And those types of things that we deal with on an everyday basis, it's, it's truly exhausting sometimes to just wake up being a black man or a black woman every single day and having to deal with the, the issues of the world on top of still dealing with issues professionally, still having to have a professionalism about yourself, where it's your, your emotions and your feelings are not showing when it comes to the very things that's affecting you in, in everyday life when it comes to being black. And so, yeah, mental health is definitely something that's, uh, being talked about a lot more. People are expressing themselves and, and being able just to release a lot of that, that emotional trauma and tension that's been, it's been holding them down for so many years. And so, yeah, that that that's a huge thing to 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 be an advocate for. And I do appreciate you for sharing that. Uh Ms. Granberry, for you, what what community service initiative about Delta resonates with you the most?
2: Um, probably our voter registration initiatives, um, whether we're on foot, you know, in certain neighborhoods. Um, one of the first things I did um years and years ago now seems like it was uh being in South Memphis and um and and you know handing out voter registration cards and making arrangements for um certain elderly people to get picked up on certain days and going to polls and things of that nature just that grassroots on the ground feet on the ground um you know it, it it resonates with me and now having heard this bs that's going on in georgia where you can't even quote unquote give someone some water as they're in line to vote it just you know, it really makes me mad, even though I'm not in Georgia, I'm in Tennessee, but it, it can also set a precedence for absurdity and they could pass that mess up here.
3: Yeah.
2: And you don't want that to happen. And so just my organizations, the, the work that we've done when it comes to voter registration drive and uh and and getting people the correct information out there, because there's so many people who don't even know that once you get out. Of prison or you you know you do your sentence or whatever it may be that you can get your rights back things like that in delta uh it's been one of those that there's, there's, there's been one of those organizations that's been on the front lines when it came comes down to making sure people have adequate information about their rights as uh american citizens so that that's one of the things that just resonate with me the most and, and you don't have to um, there, there's many cogs in that wheel. You can, you know, be a person that provides transportation. You can be a person that provides photo registration cards and yeah. information. You can be a person that would literally be out there with water, you know, and providing that service and that, that you know this past weekend all of that information coming out about the, the state of georgia is just it's just absurd and i hope that the organization that uh, Stacy Abrams and the people that she's working with i hope they sue the freaking pants off of them absolutely. absolutely and they get all of everything that they are now trying to overturn i hope it's all wiped out and i hope georgia turns so blue that it <laughs> yep bleeds into florida bleeds into any any alabama any neighboring state just because just because you all have shown how ignorant and how hateful you are just because things did not go your way you cannot take away our rights just because things didn't go your way that's not the the definition of a democracy
0: absolutely not absolutely not and it's crazy how they, they, they're they so bitter, right? They're, they're so fucking mad at a lie that's been told to them time and time again. You lost the damn election. No one stole anything from you. But they no mad about
2: Kamala. They mad about Kamala. The, the, the main thing that you have to understand, I'm getting on my soapbox here, I'm going to get off here in a minute, Nick, <laughs> Is those eight years that that black man was in the White House, and he did a good job, and he had no scandal. It was no real dirt that you could put up behind. It drove them crazy, because
0: it something. every... Damn damn suit.
2: Yeah, it, it refuted every single negative thing that you put out about us. Those eight years drove you crazy about that that black man with his black wife and his black babies yep. and their black excellence that you had to go out and create the antithesis, which is Trump. Because everything that Obama is Trump is the opposite of. No, you had oh, to go out and get the antithesis and put just throw it in there. You know what I'm saying? Just you know how your, your grandmama said you just throwed anything together. They just threw it in there. <laughs> yep. and, he, and he was in there for four years just throwing mess together. Yep. And you just thought because it's white, it's gotta be right. Yep. And 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 here we go. And yeah. so you can't have your way. Yep, And now you're going to take our rights away. Um, It was a tweet that went up today. Um, I can't remember exactly who who posted the tweet, but I retweeted it and I put it on my Facebook stories. So you'll see it It says, the black vote saved America. Now it's time for America to save the black vote because they trying to save
0: they 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 really are. And you know what? They're they're pulling out all stops to try to sit here and just basically take away our rights to vote because we showed up in record numbers it had never been this many people in this country to ever vote that ever in the however many what 200 some years it, it, it's been uh, allowing citizens of this country to vote—it's—it's it's never been this many people that turned out to vote, and and black people preferably, especially in this state of Georgia, showed out in large numbers. Preferably in the state that I in, in the in the county that I live in, we showed the hell out and we showed up in big numbers and made sure that 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 Kamala and Biden solidified their spots in that in that that new administration and for the next four years. And so to see Georgia turn blue when it was that was something that was so unprecedented that because we never thought of all, of all the years we've been alive and will we'll, we'll be alive, that a state like Georgia would turn blue. Now, it even gives us even the possibility to think that maybe some of these other southern, sta- southern states will turn blue. Now, I know for a fact Mississippi ain't going to be one of them.
2: What it, probably probably it,
0: not Texas. Probably not. Alabama won't ever be.
2: I could uh, yeah. see it for Mississippi, because Mississippi is extremely black. But the problem is, I think...
0: It's deeply rooted with that with that white. And again, they just recently took the damn Confederacy flag off their state flag logo. They yeah. just did that just what, a year or two ago. So the fact that they, we're just now getting to that place... We got a long way long to go. Way. A long ass way to go when it comes to trying to make Mississippi blue. So let's not even go that far. We'll just we'll we'll stick to Georgia being. I'm blue gonna be keep happy. hope alive. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do too. I'm
2: gonna keep yeah. hope alive. Right, power. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> but, but to, to have Warnock and Ossoff be the representatives of this state, and they're both Democrats, that that sets a true precedence for what Georgia will ultimately become. If we if we continue to fight, and I want to make sure I point this out real quick too about Delta Sigma Theta, because Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is a member of Delta Sigma Theta, her, her sorority sisters here in, in Atlanta showed up hugely when it came to voting registration, making sure they, they, they basically teach and educate people on their voting rights in, in general. And so her and, and Stacey Abrams, who did a tremendous job with registering over 800,000 people in the state of Georgia alone making sure that they were registered to, to vote, not telling them wh- which which side to exactly. vote. Exactly, because they could have very well voted. Right. you don't know that.
2: Absolutely. don't want us to vote, period. So yep. you maneuver things in your favor.
3: Yep. And if, I thought, yep.
2: So Republicans don't even care about white people. All they care about is money. Because yep. if they cared about white people, they would do something about these guns. Yep. I'm
0: Yep. And they 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 really that's another story for another day because the gun situation, oh my God. I mean going out
3: there
0: We're just oh my this is just we're seeing record numbers of shootings happen throughout the entire damn country. And yet these damn idiots are justifying these 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 violent is happening saying that, oh well this would one particular person, especially here in Atlanta, uh one of the police officers claimed that this white guy just had a fucking bad day and killed eight people six of them being asian women at massage parlors so hmm. so imagine how many bad days we have as black people hmm. so we supposed to just set that aside because he had the worst day
3: your, first that.
0: off your day couldn't even amount to any damn day the average black person goes through on an every damn day basis so the nerve of you to sit up here and say that but no, i'm sorry to have someone say that for you who's a damn who, who's 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 the police officer in charge of the whole entire investigation, saying something stupid like that, only to find out that that very police officer was going around selling COVID-19 was started in China t-shirts and was found out about on on social media. The nerve of these jackasses coming out here, basically outing themselves, making themselves look even dumber than what they already look. But to sit up here and say that, oh, we don't know what a, a hate crime is when... It's clear and evident that he was targeting a specific group of people. And if if you don't even want to say that's a hate crime, right? Okay, against Asians. All right. Let, for shits and giggles, we'll we'll entertain that for a split second. But he killed women, though. So we're not gonna even list that as a hate crime. A hate crime, a man killing eight women, that's still a hate crime. Whether you want to even throw in their nationality or ethnicity or not, their, their gender alone makes it a hate crime. If we can't even define this as a damn hate crime, I don't know what the hell a a hate crime is.
2: Benson and Sable would have put it as a hate crime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's crazy though, but yeah, to 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 see that um, you know women like Stacey Abrams and uh, Keisha Bottoms who are making sure that they they fight tooth and nail with these dumbass Republican. Uh, politicians here in the state of georgia to make sure that we're able to reserve our rights because damn it and i try to tell people especially black people who who aren't quite educated on the voting the whole voting system in general if our votes didn't fucking matter they wouldn't be going through so much shit to to suppress our votes Mm -hmm. that says something and that's to say something to, to every single black person who's eligible to vote The fact that they're going through all these extreme measures to stop us from voting and stop us from voting in large numbers, that that should say something to you and why we should continue on to fight together. So I do appreciate you for bringing it up. Uh, Nikki, for you, um, what community service initiative resonates with you the most about your organization? Before
4: I move into that, let me just make two quick points. Yeah. One, I want to say, ladies, those initiatives are very, very, very powerful.
3: Yes. And
4: two, you know, when things that's going on around you are impactful. Literally, just the other day I had a dream that my oldest son had an encounter with the police. Mm. And I remember vividly in this dream, I've always taught my son, I don't care, just respect him. Yes, no. I'll let me deal with them. I promise you I'll deal with them. Just let me deal with them. But in the time being, I need you alive. Yep. Just respect them, do as they ask you, and, and I'll handle it. But I remember in his dream, I just kept saying over and over, but officer, he had a bad day. He just oh. had a bad day. He just had a bad day. And I woke up like, what the hell? Like that just hit my heart. And I just kept saying, me, he had a bad day. He, he just had a bad day.
0: I mean, he bad, bad did day did he have a damn week. We ain't picking up no damn gun to go kill nobody.
4: Exactly, and it wasn't you know guns or nothing was involved in this dream. It was just you know they were going. I remember them going back and forth, and the officer you know was getting heated, and I just remember putting my hands like, officer, he, he just had a bad day. He just had a bad day, and I woke up out of my sleep saying he had a bad day. I'm like, wow, and of course it tied back into what you all were just talking about. Yeah. Um. And even our initiative as the Zeta, we recently um, honed the initiative the initiative of domestic violence. Yeah. So that's what stands out and resonates the most with me. It's very, very unfortunate. Um, for me, it's personal yeah. because as a survivor of domestic violence, it's, it's something that I truly, truly, truly have a compassion to get involved with and continue to help people along the way. I can't tell you, I can't count on your hands, fingers, toes, minds, and your neighbors, how many safety plans I've had to help develop, including mine, yeah. um, hiding documentation in lockers at my job, you know, just for that, waiting on that day, you know, to get away, calling the police, you know, on there, I never called the police, you know, I was always scared of what the aftermath would be, you know, I, I knew that piece of paper may or may not matter. Yeah. Um, but I promise you today I said, God, it's in your hands, you said you got me, it was the day I was able to literally get up, walk away and, and never went back.
3: Absolutely. And
4: that was back in 2008, you know, he hasn't even said two words to me today and I'm grateful for that, that's fine. Absolutely. Praise God for that. Um. So with this initiative, when it first came, you know, I thought I was joining as a committee member and found out that I was actually gonna be the state co-coordinator. You know for the domestic violence, I was like, Wow, God! You know, when you say you lead my path, yep. I've been looking and searching for the right platform to be able to speak to these people. You know, the survivors who've gone through this, and He opened the door. Since then, I've led walks, you know, I've done so many things in regards to domestic violence, and there's so much more that I want to do. So, just being a part of Zeta in an organization again, setting that net platform. Giving me the ability to continue to reach out and help the community, and you know, let let these women and men know we can get through this. Absolutely, Together we can. And you have someone that's been there. That I'm not just speaking off the top of my head. I'm speaking from experience. Yeah,
0: you know. You know,
4: know. So it really strikes me when people say you could have just left. No, if I could have just left, I may I may have just left.
0: Exactly. Um, Always. I will
4: never tell someone to leave their spouse. You will know. Yeah. And or you'll be forced to. Yep. Yeah. I'm just going to give you the skills, the resources, and make myself available and definitely keeping myself safe in the process. So again, being a Zeta and that or in that um, initiative that resonates the most is definitely domestic violence. Just look at the world. Look what's going on. Yeah. I was just sharing just over the last month, it's been at least, at least five domestic violence killings, Yeah. at least right here in St. Louis. Yeah. Mm. right here in st louis at least
0: oh unfortunate
4: i think since we last talked it was two more
0: Mm. wow you know and And
4: he's a mother and kids you're killing kids on top of that
0: and one of the most unfortunate things about just domestic violence in general i go back to something that ashley Granberry quoted and when it comes to just the idea of having to cater to a man's you know, ego or be able to water down yourself just to make, to appease him, right? So the thing about that when it comes to domestic violence, it, we we do oftentimes tell our young girls to do this and do that, but not put enough emphasis on what the boys should be doing, right? And even when it comes to the, those domestic situations, we're telling the woman, oh, just leave, leave, leave. How about explain it and fucking teaching the damn men boys how to fucking be men before they get to this point and even putting their hands on on, on a woman or on their children in that way, or even verbally abusing them too, because that's a, that's a form of, Domestic exactly. violence as well. Emotional. Yeah, exactly, but belittling somebody—it's it, that's a form of that's domestic violence as well because you're abusing someone verbally. That that tears them down too, and sometimes your words can do much more damage than the physical harm. Exactly. doing on someone. So those yeah. types of things resonate with me in such a way that we have to do much more. When it comes to advocating for boys to become men, and be respectable men, respecting women, valuing women's lives and valuing their children's lives, too, because your, your kids see everything and it, they, they're like sponges. They're going to soak up all of that when they see at an early age that dad don't respect mom and he's doing all this to mom. Then Sometimes, ultimately, those very patterns that they saw as a child, they end up growing into that very thing they end up growing into the very thing they saw at an early age that they had no business seeing in the first place. It just never took place in the house. And so we have to do much better with normalizing a a very loving, caring, and structural relationship when it comes to our family, our Black families, especially. Because these are the type of things that are going to resonate with our children that mom loves dad, dad loves mom and, and, and they're taking care of each other. They respect each other. They may have disagreements and it's okay, but it's respectfully disagreed upon regardless of what that situation is. And, and a boy, a boy or a girl for that matter, should never put their hands on each other. It's never result to physical violence. I don't care what the hell the situation is. There is no legitimate reason why it should result to that. Especially if you calling yourself a person who loves this person. So those types of things need to be talked about a hell of a lot more. And I do appreciate your advocacy for that, too, because that, that, that is a paramount of importance as well. Um, circling back around to you, Ashley uh, Woods, in comparison to the level of impact and influence that sororities have had during the civil rights movement, during women's suffragists, um, how influential has sororities been to, to, your, to your point of view or just in your perspective when it comes to Black Lives Matter and, and the Me Too movement? How how would you say sororities have been influential in in those movements today?
1: Um, I think it it goes back even into, you know, like you said, the Civil Rights era. A lot of the, you know, main influences of the Civil Rights era were members of Greek organizations. And, you know, not that those affiliations, you know, persuaded their movement. I think it was just a personal you know call on that, but just seeing that, you know, they were leaders and you know, they were a part of these organizations and they took a stance on things that, you know, what I'm saying it, it set the the groundwork for us to be able to do what we're doing now. Yeah. And of course, at in time history repeats itself and here we are now with the Black Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. We do um within our organizations, we have an obligation, whether it's you know it's not necessary. Sometimes things can get a lot of, you know, it can get political yep. with, you know, actual organizations. But I think as members, we have an obligation to speak out, use our platform through these organizations to, you know, to speak out on these um, different things. I think Black Lives Matter has a good traction, has a good movement.
3: Yep.
1: Um, and it, it start, it's starting the conversation. It's not, you know, they're trying so hard to sweep it under the rug. Nope. But we're not gonna allow that. I think we we we're a little more forceful, Very and much. we're more bold in our efforts to speak out to to you know what's right and what's wrong. And I don't even think it necessarily you know it's not just us within Greek-led organizations. It's Black people in general. We're you know we're just tired. We're we're it's just to the point where we have to do something. We're we're back against the corner. We and not necessarily, not necessarily fighting back, but we're finding the tools to be able to speak out and yeah. we're not going to allow this to be okay.
3: Absolutely.
1: So I think as, you know, us having, you know, or our organizations, you know, as a platform, we have to use that, whether it's, you know, within, you know, a, a mandated program within our organizations or just being in our organizations and having that traction and that platform, a lot of people, you know, that you know follow us or look up to us, we have to speak out. Yep. Because you don't know who's listening or who 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 you are inspiring. So I think we just have to be a lot we just have to be vocal, especially in this, because it's not gonna
0: stop. Yep, very much so. Especially to the point about the 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 very opportunity that we have today, right? We've gained so much momentum when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. when it comes to Me Too, when it comes to other yeah. different movements that are advocating for us to be labeled, it's it, giving us an equal playing field when it comes to just right, society right. in general, right? So I, I do appreciate how uh, sororities have been playing such an, a huge role when it comes to, just in comparison to how much influence you, uh, they were, during the civil rights movement, during women's That mm-hmm. I remember reading a lot of different things about sororities in general and just Black women overall during those times, mm-hmm. speaking up and speaking out, using their voice. And, and now yeah. today in, in 2021, we are able to say that our voice carries a hell of a lot of weight, a hell of a lot more weight oh. than ever carried before. Mm-hmm. So we have an obligation to continuously speaking out and using our platforms as strongly as possible and being monolithic in, in, in that in that effort to to bring forth uh, equality on all facets, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of uh, you know political views or even religious views for that matter. So mm-hmm. I do appreciate you for bringing that up. Uh, Ms. Granberry, for you, how um, how impactful has sororities been today compared to yesteryear when it comes to the civil rights movement and women's suffrages versus Me Too and Black Lives Matter? Well, I, um, a lot of what
2: Ashley said I definitely support it 100%. And the way I look at things, like I don't think that we're more polarized or more impactful. I look at it like the civil rights and suffrage movement had a baby and yeah. their baby had a baby and that baby is Black Lives Matter. Yep. Me too in the feminist movement. Yeah. Um, I just think like now we have more ways and avenues of getting our point across. Absolutely. We may not we we may not be able to be Dorothy Height. Yep. Yeah. But we can be that person, that gatekeeper of knowledge
3: mm-hmm. to
2: provide some type of platform or information for those that are watching us. Yep. Yeah to get the proper information. Um, your role may not be to be on the front lines marching, but yep. your role may be to be a modern day out of B. Wells and yep. get that, that literature out. And now if you're, you're able to get it out faster, yep. and it's more exactly, you know, when you write a tweet, it's gone, it's there. Um, when you send a blog out, like even with your podcast, once you get the editing done, yep. you can immediately send it out and it's on several platforms. So I don't think of us being as more impactful. I think that we're just a little bit more. Uh, we have more organization yeah. and more um, tools. Yep. That's the way that, That's the way that I look at it, because yeah. we all stand on each other's shoulders.
0: Absolutely.
2: Uh, regardless of the organization colors that you wear, things of that nature. I mean, going yeah. even back to Kamala. Kamala stands on their shoulders surely Shirley the
0: children. Yep, absolutely.
2: Uh, you know. Fanny
0: Hamer. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's just the way that I look at it. And that's the way that I see it. And everybody has their part to play. Yep. Um, a woman can't be empowered if she's not healthy from the initiative that Ashley spoke about. A woman can't be empowered if she's not mentally there and physically there from the initiative that Nikki talked about. Yeah. And a woman can't be in power if she doesn't have a voice through voting, which is what I spoke about. So I, that's the way I look at things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it. it, 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 it there, there was a point when women were silenced. Yeah, versus being silent, right? So the, the two obviously are different. So being silenced, silence is the ability to not be able to talk because someone or some entity has forced you to not talk at all, not speak about anything. Versus choosing to not say a word about something, right? Being silent. So those two different things obviously resonates with me when it comes to the, the overall platform that we have. So we we are very 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 much so more accessible when it comes to information. Uh, Social media has tremendously exacerbated the idea of being able to use our voice in such a way that it is polarizing. and, And it's being heard on multiple avenues, on multiple social media platforms. We're able to get that information out. And to your point, Ms. Granberry, about this podcast, the whole premise of this podcast is to be able to help provide information by talking to black men and women who are in these same trenches, who are in these same struggles, who are in these everyday situations that we oftentimes go through as black people as a whole. So that way we can obviously come up with ways to get through those uh, everyday situations. We can obviously come, to, come together and collectively come up with the different jobs that we all ultimately need to have because every last one of us play a part and where we go as a race, as a community. And so if, if one person is not doing their part, that one person is doing a complete disservice to themselves and to the to the rest of the damn race. So we have to understand how important it is and how imperative it is for us to understand, and be educated on what our roles are, because we all have roles, whether it's great or small. And, and there are multiple roles that we may all share too. So th- there's no one role that fixes everything. There's no one organization that can fix it all either. We have to collectively be monolithic and be understanding of each other's roles. So that way we're not stepping on each other's toes and we're making sure the work is being done. Because the last thing we need to be doing is passing on these same damn issues to the next generation yeah. that we, we, we're dealing with situations from the past we're dealing with present issues too. We can't handle all, we can't deal with all this shit at once. We need to be dealing with our own generational issues at that given moment in time versus having to deal with the past and the present in the future. That, that makes entirely no sense when you think about it from a, a time perspective. It's not even enough goddamn time in the day to deal with every issue, right? So we have to be able to understand what our roles are when it comes to that and being able to execute that uh, collectively together. So I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Nikki, for you, in comparison to just the influence that that sororities and, and women, Black women, preferably played in the civil rights movement and women's suffragists, how, how does it differ or even compare to where we are today when it comes to Black Lives Matter and and the Me Too movement.
4: You know, it's, it's definitely out there in addition to what you all said, you know, the presence is known and I'll just keep it simple by really just saying a couple of cliches, which is your voice is your choice. Yep. If you don't speak on it, no one is gonna hear you. It's like that use it or lose it. And when I tied the civil rights to the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, it makes me think of Emmett Till and Trayvon Martin. Yep. They were both young Black youth, they were both visiting a community, and both of their murderers were acquitted. Absolutely. You know, so now in it, it connection, it's just like, say something, because saying nothing is saying something, yep. believe it
0: or not. Yep, Make, making that choice to not do anything is a choice that you're making, right? So, mm-hmm. and and we're we're now in a position where being ignorant is no longer a goddamn excuse. You know, nope. it's not enough to not know now. It's too much access to information that's out here for you not to know what is currently going on and what can ultimately affect you too. So, and that that's holding each other accountable, right? So accountability is something that it's not being had enough when it comes to us holding each other accountable and holding each other accountable doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it, it, it you're being canceled, right? So obviously cancel culture versus consequence culture gets mixed and tangled up entirely too goddamn much for me. And I, I know that there's a huge difference, but we have to be able to draw the line and understand what those differences are. So that way it can be identified to everyone collectively. Okay, you can get canceled for this shit versus, all right, you made a stupid mistake. You said something stupidly, right? The things that Stacey Dash has done. She can't really come back. Personally, for me, she can't come back from that because you 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 sat here and was a pawn on that damn racist ass chessboard of Trump's and you advocated for him, claiming that there should be no Black History Month, claiming there should be a white history month, claiming that there's no use for B T or NAACP when you have been a damn recipient of both of them. Like, yeah. how dare you sit up and disrespect the very ideal entity that we created and the premise that we created it on was because we weren't allowed in that shit. We mm-hmm. did these things. Our organizations, uh, holistically, our organizations in the divine Nine was created under the idea and the pretense that, hey, we are not accepted in yours, so guess what? We're gonna start our own. And you didn't like that either. So we carried on roughly on average over a hundred years now, and we've been going strong when it comes to advocating for the very issues that we've been fighting against for the last hundred years or so, when it comes to being able to service our black community. Um, my last question to you guys um, is, is a more personal question as well. So. Uh, Ms. Woods, for you, when it comes to being monolithic, being together, being unified, all that good stuff, what more can we all do together? When, when I say we all, when it comes to sororities specifically, right? What more can sororities do together versus what you all do individually?
1: Um, piggybacking on what Esther Granberry said, you know, one of their big issues is voter registration. Yeah. We came out and we made things happen with this last election. Yep. It, it shook them. That's why we're going through what we're going through now with Georgia. Yep. So I think we need to keep that momentum. We got to keep it going. We got to make sure that everybody, whatever they throw at us, we got to be ready for it. Absolutely. If this stuff sticks in Georgia, we got to be prepared to make sure our people are prepared for that yep. and make sure that you know it's not a form of, even though it is a, born, a form of voter suppression, we got to make sure that, you know, we can do whatever we can to make sure we still have as many people as we can eligible to still vote. Absolutely. And so I think that just keeping that momentum going, we, you know, and we did the same when Barack was um, yep. elected. Yep. We are better together than we are apart. Absolutely. So just, you know, just keeping that momentum being you know by Kamala being a representation not only of my organization but as a black woman as a whole yeah. that's all we need and we just need to keep that momentum keep going whatever we can do to to keep pressing forward to keep those type of things happening yeah you know like I said no selling.
0: Absolutely and you know so I
1: just think it's it's more of a just a momentum thing. Just keep doing what we're 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 doing now.
0: Yeah because we've gained tremendous momentum especially in the wake of Breonna Taylor's death and uh, George Floyd's death as well. Mm -hmm. We have been, the the silver lining in in, in dealing with this pandemic is that everyone had to deal and see this in real time. And so I'm just flabbergasted at the fact that white people are saying, oh my God, I can't believe black people are being treated like this. Where the fuck you been? We've been telling you this all this time. You thought we were making this up? You can't make up this, we go through. Like you really cannot write a, enough books to even tell a story about an everyday right. black man or woman and what we go through on an everyday basis. And so right. for me to see them see that now, I'm just saying, okay, well, welcome to the party. But you, you a couple damn days late now I was short. Like, I mean,
3: Absolutely.
0: where you been, but I, I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad you're here. And now that you're here, it's time to put your white privilege and purview to, to in, in jeopardy in order to make things equal for all of us. Right. If you're not going to yep. do that, then we had nothing to talk about, period. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and my one of my last uh things I want to say too, in regards to giving much more credit to black women, right? Black women have been on record doing the most with the least. Mm-hmm. The fact and they've been doing the best they can with the least as well. And the fact that it's been so great that we are advocating for it even more because we understand and, and most m- many men like myself understand the power of the black woman. And and the value of her, she is the queen on that on that chessboard that has to be protected at all costs. And if we're not doing that, then we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to her as well. Miss um, Granberry, for you, what can be done collectively? What can we do collectively more together?
2: Um, I would just say, you know, celebrate each other as much as we possibly can. Absolutely. Um keep the keep the, the foot on the gas when it comes to the momentum and, and celebrating the accomplishments um, that we make um, each organization is is, is unique yep. for um, certain things and, and and then you know having been across this country I'm starting to realize certain organizations are unique in certain regions for certain things absolutely so definitely, um, celebrate one another more. Um I honestly feel like the whole you know myth of the rivalries is kind of dying down and, and it yeah. needs to die down because it, it really has no purpose I uh know. at all. Just um, the- so definitely uh, celebrate one another. Um you know if if you see uh, one organization doing something and they doing well shout them out shoot them out you know whatever whatever the best way to say it is. get them a shout out whatever you want to say you
3: know.
2: um celebrate one another um like i said, long as, as Kamala wears uh Melanin and she doing she doing the doing the damn thing <laughs> there's nothing that I got to say anything about I'm not
3: Absolutely.
2: upset hating or in, in any type of uh, Manna, I'm going to you know celebrate her. Um, I love the fact that on the inaugural day that everyone sported their pearls and their chucks. Not me, I don't wear chucks; they're too flat for me. But I sported my yeah. sported my church, uh, my my pearls, and you know all four of us were pearls. So you know that was definitely something that was that was unifying at that moment. So um, just support each other more. Um, again, Nikki, I think I said this to you the last time. I hate that you that COVID Jack y'all centennial. yeah hopefully you know you all get a do-over and um you will get celebrated i know the men are going to celebrate you because they did for us every night they celebrated us so you know we we need to celebrate each other as well so i you know I, i hope that we have our hands in that um in that initiative when the do-over occurs. I really hope that you all are able to do the do-over and um, Rihanna wasn't here today, but you know, it'll be a proud day next year when um, yep. Sigma Gamma Monroe gets to celebrate their centennial. So definitely just celebrate each other more. We're all unique. Use that, Absolutely. use whatever gift that we have because we are all in this together.
0: We are. We all, we all need to be one accord on that too. And, and you know what? There, there's nothing more beautiful about a black woman than to see her adjusting another black woman's crown. That, 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 that is a very beautiful sight to see when 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 all the jealousy, the envy, all the hating, all the ratchetness is all set to the side, and it's it's and it's not in any way to slight anyone when it comes to that stuff. Now, a lot of a lot of that bullshit is entertainment, but I don't find it to be entertaining or funny at all personally. And I feel like it, there there's a time and place for all of it, right? And it couldn't be every damn time and every damn place. But my thing is to see. Black women, like you said, celebrating each other, it, it just in general, not even just from an organizational standpoint, but just celebrating each other, readjusting each other's crown, being, being there in support of each other, advocating for each other. I love to see that every single day. Just as much as I love seeing Black men, you know, uh, respecting and, and, and loving each other and, and, and giving mad respect to each other as well, because that, that's not being shown enough on, on, on media outlets or, you know, TV series or, mo- or movies for that matter. We're seeing some of the same stuff over and over again, and it's not the the more positive things that need to be highlighted and celebrated enough. So I do appreciate that uh, what you speaking on that and definitely look forward to celebrating, you know, uh, Zeta Phi Beta as well as uh, Sigma Gamma Rho, too, because, again, I always tell people we're not Greek. We are all different branches on the same tree. Right. So we obviously do have different principles and different objectives, but the main goal is that brotherhood and that sisterhood and above all else, community service. If we're not servicing the very community we come from, then why the hell we even put it in our damn initiative statement? You know what I mean? So that that speaks volumes. Um, Nikki, for you, what what can be done more together?
4: I think definitely being a part of the MPHC is is a way to bridge that gap. You know, it allows us the opportunity to continue to embrace one another, love one another, and most definitely empower one another. Yep. And one of the most powerful statements is there's always power in numbers. Always, mm-hmm. you know, if we're unified, that's just the better we're going to be. Yep. And I do have a quick, quick quote that I wanted to um, end with on that note, yep. and it says, "I am only one." but I am one, I cannot do everything, but I can do something yeah. and I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do,
0: Fact. be the
4: change that you want to see and just do it.
0: Absolutely. I, I completely <laughs> agree with that statement. That quote is 100% facts as well, because we, we do have, we do oftentimes get too discouraged or get too hung up on or fixated on the very things that we can't do, but let's focus more on the things we can do and the things that we are doing, right? We need to put more attention on the things that we have been doing right. All the times we, we talk a lot about what we're doing wrong or what we're not doing at all, but guess what? There's always room for improvement. There's always more to be done until we're at an equal playing field. We got some black folk. We got some shit to do. We got work to do. So I'm going to see you at work, right? So yeah, I do appreciate yeah, your your take on that too. And I, w- I want to uh, in, in this this episode on this quote. So USA Today quoted this um, this article, and I want I want to read just a snippet of the article that I saw that stood out to me. So, eighty five percent of Fortune five hundred executives were part of Greek life. The first female I, our astronaut was Greek. So was the first female senator, and now having the first female vice president. So, and, and college graduation rates are 20% higher among Greeks than non-Greeks. Those numbers, and, and just that quote alone speaks volumes to me in such a way that it shows that the relevancy of our organizations, preferably or uh, sororities for that matter, it, it, it still stands today. It still stands long and tall today, even after on an average of hundred years that, that, that sororities have been existing. Black sororities uh, preferably have been existing it shows that we are still more prevalent in today's time, just as much, maybe not in certain cases, as much as we were a hundred years ago, but we're still fighting the same fights we were fighting then, right? We're still fighting the same three fights. It's black people fighting the right to be free, the right to be black, and the right to even be human. So however way you want to categorize or list that in whatever order you want, go right ahead. But those are the same three fights we've been fighting for over 400 years. And until we win those fights, we're going to keep fighting, bottom line. So uh, on that note, I want to, I want to just say uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really thank you, Black women, for being on the show, uh, sharing your perspectives on these different issues that we're uh, discussing, making sure that we're able to put this kind of information out so people who are both Greek and non-Greek can take from this and say, you know what? this inspired me. Maybe if it didn't inspire you to even be Greek, it still, it it inspired you to want to do more than what you're doing when it comes to helping adhere to the very issues that we're dealing with as Black people in our Black community. So from that standpoint, I really appreciate your your insight and perspectives on these very topics. I hope that you guys are staying very much so safe uh, and sanitized during this pandemic. We're almost at the very tail end of this. Hopefully we can continue on making progress when it comes to the vaccination and uh everyone you know making sure that they're still maintaining their safety measures social distancing all that good stuff and um yeah be sure to tell all your sorority sisters all your uh, ls's and all that good stuff to make sure they tune in like share subscribe to this to my youtube channel as well as uh my podcast on spotify for more content definitely let me know reach out to me personally let me know what you think about the shows uh, as they come out, because the more I uh, issue out more thought provoking content, I want to make sure I'm very much so mindful of the very issues that need to be talked about and make sure that I'm zoning in on those very topics. And also looking for feedback from everyone who tunes in all of my followers and listeners, make sure you, you, you email me at, at, uh, speak to the mic. Podcast at gmail.com. You know, you can, you know, reach me directly. Let me know what you think about the show. Uh, let me know if you have any questions that you would like for me to answer. Uh, ask any of my panel guests that I have on the show as it pertains to certain topics. Uh, and uh, again, ladies, thank you all for your time, and uh, we definitely will be circling back. All right, bye bye. All
1: right, right. bye bye, y'all. y'all have have an opportunity,
4: bye guys. All right.
0: If you like what you've heard from this week's episode and would like to hear more from previous episodes, be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel below. You can also find me on social media platforms at Speak to the Mic underscore podcast show on Instagram and Speak to the Mic Podcast Show on Facebook. Be sure to also like, share, and subscribe to my Spotify page at Speak to the Mic Podcast Show. As I put out more thought-provoking content, your opinion and thoughts are needed and appreciated. I thank you all in advance for your support and look forward to hearing from you soon.